in the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello dog fans and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast because everything matters, including all of us wishing you a happy 2022. We've made it. Uh, we have turned the page 2021 and all of that lake and Donovan bullshits in the rearview mirror. It's time to full on Duke. Uh I'm joined this evening by DJ K. Woody, Hood Husky. Uh, UW, a.k.a. for the evening stigmatism specialist, uh, new contributor, The Darker Knight, who will help uh, contribute on uh, X's and O's and brand topics going forward, and and the one and the only Johnny Tugs. How's everybody doing tonight? Go Dogs! Great. Oh, well, the DeBoer era is here. All right. Well, uh, before we get into some of our usual topics and some of the topics we'll cover tonight, uh, what's everybody drinking? No, I know some red label wine. Oh, something nice and sweet for the night. Nice. I like it. No surprise here, but I got water. Yeah, I'm getting over COVID, so cut me some Plus, slack. The, the white claws help, dude. <laughs> yeah, my my friend swears by swears by that. That alcohol will solve his illnesses. Tugged. What about you, man? Uh, I'm drinking High West Campfire Whiskey. Nice. Again, keeping it classy with uh, Leah. What do you got? I am drinking the Black Raven Kitty Cat Blues. Uh, the athletic department, despite things that are going well in the program, always gives me a reason to drink the blues. So, Take two. Hood, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a hazy Big Ballard Imperial IPA. Uh, slogan, you sure you betcha. So that's, 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 <laughs> that's what I'm sipping <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah, yeah, sure, you betcha, you know, Ballard by way of Minnesota, eh? <laughs> uh, all right, uh, uh, under the theme of Cry J-Cap, I've got a few things that uh, that I've got stocked up for the evening. Uh, I'm starting evening with uh, a Coulson Coconut Kitten Mittens Winter Ale, uh, keeping myself hydrated with real cocoa, organic pure coconut water. Uh, and then if we get to, if I need a second beverage, I've got a Silver City Brewery Play Pretend Cocoa Beach Plant. Peach blonde ale. So, Cry that's Jacob. my that's my evening. Cry Jacob. Damn, uh, that sounds fancy. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, yes. Jacob may join us in flight, uh, but but that's uh, that's where we are. Um, without further ado, let's go ahead and move into stupid tweets. Anybody got anything? Oh, <laughs> man, in in the last three weeks, you want us to gather. One stupid tweet, like that's impossible with all that Oregon. went on with Oregon and Oregon uh, using our our direct playbook from about circa two thousand eight when we hired Steve Sarkeesian and his championship pedigree and oh he's yeah. coaching then the Rose Bowl this is great for our brand and our visibility. I mean, is that the worst tweet they had of the day, or was the Tosh video or photo edit the worst? Oh, they so came bad. in the same day. But that Tosh, Tosh's you know, it, and it wasn't even the worst. Landon with the hey, I've got a boogie on my either it's I like, either pull my finger or what the hell do I yeah. have at the end of my finger picture? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so bad. What about shut, just shut just, just the Oregon spaces in general? Those guys not sleeping, skipping they work. They invented those, don't you know? That? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Get a job, <laughs> but you're getting you're getting outfanned uh, seven uh, seventy to thirty at the Pac-12 championship game. Facts. I but mean, you're but... a national brand. You're a national brand, <laughs> right? Smoked by Utah. But, 
But it's it's the Pac-12 championship. They don't care about that. They only care about the the natties that they never won. No. Obviously, yeah. obviously they don't care about those either. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Unless they were won by people they hire at a, while they while they were coaching for other programs, not in a head coaching capacity. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, yeah, um, go ahead, Tugs. I've never heard a player say he doesn't want to go to a school to win national championships, but be a part of a. Brand. Oh my! That is just amazing to me. Sad. He wants to be part of a brand, and he wants to work in the corporate office of Nike. Because that's the about, only. He doesn't care about athletic company out there. What was that? It's the only athletic brand out there. I mean, it's the only company in the world. It's the most profitable company in the world, right? Yeah, you oh, wait, not like it's not, not like Nike sponsors Alabama either. I know, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Bryce Young's even you know underdog that he is. I, I, I'm sure he's you know been an underdog for for some of his sponsorship and NIL deals. But... <laughs> so go ahead, Tugs. So so in that video, ninety percent of the people, if they wanted to, they could work in corporate office if they played football at UW. Uh, Nick Cody ain't there. <laughs> I'll say I don't got a stupid tweet, but I'll say everybody that trolled us about not getting Jamarcus Shepard after we had announced it, shout out to y'all. Hope hope y'all enjoy that. It's it's why I left. I, I thought I, I thought about it for a, about a nanosecond. And I, you know, leave in my tweet because I, I, we may have called it and celebrated it a little too early. And the Ducks had a lot of fun on the week over the weekend, at my expense. And who's got the last last laugh now, bitches? I also right. like to like shout out an actually like pretty good tweet that ends up being funny that Lamike Black, which like it's not ironic, but he was That's just my like, well, that was a good grab. A good, a good go tweet from him? Mike Black. Yeah. Wow. I know who had that on your bingo card. A good tweet from Mike Black. Who's, no one. Who was the duck? The duck fan that uh, posted the video of him saying "Go dogs." Oh, uh, London, London. Hey, DJ, you know, man, that man is chasing followers. He, uh, can, no. he couldn't care less about Oregon Ducks. <laughs> no, he really. Oh, uh, he was. I swear, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I've seen his tweets fire. But he was not a like a huge, huge Oregon Duck fan prior to like. The spaces, I feel like at all. I mean, we this whole uh, this whole stupid tweets can be lane train. Yeah, <laughs> hashtag lane train. <laughs> he came real close to Lane County. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> a record for continuous hours of spaces. They did, but they had to. Yeah, it was like, do you guys have a job? No, well, one it, of those guys, like a, uh, like I said, it, you could you could be on spaces when you're pumping somebody's gas. <laughs> the the lack mamba, he said that uh, I don't know if you guys know him on Twitter. Good guy to follow for Oregon if you got one. But he he said, yeah, one of those guys fell asleep hosting the spaces because he was hosting it for so long, and he called out of his job, and he had his girlfriend and kid go to his his like his in-laws house for the night or something crazy Did he lose his job i don't know i don't know about that that's but crazy but espn had an article on him so i i would understand you know when you're on the top 10 in espn countdown you're now famous so that pays the bills mm-hmm. 
part of the brand. I mean, and let's let yeah, let, let's be real about all of the the Florida Duck fans. You know what those guys were saying twenty years ago? They were all about the U, all about Bar- go Canes. <laughs> yep. Doing the chop. I mean, yep. And now those teams suck. So, yep. There'll be Cincinnati fans in another two years. <laughs> but but I would also say respect to them because they're they're kind of bringing the SEC mantra to or or like vibe, and they're holding them to to that standard. So they're the only ones kind of more recently being like, yeah, uh, this hire was whack. Uh, this hire was whack. Uh, this hire was whack because they have higher standards while the Oregon bandwagon people are like still playing their role. Oh yeah. Best hire ever. Best hire ever. Best hire ever. So That's those Florida fans have been kind of holding them accountable in regards to, you know, no, having essentially. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and, and certainly we don't want to spend the, the entire pod or much exactly. of the pod talking about uh, them other than just continuing to laugh at them because I mean, Come on. That's their staff right now, like, yeah, it's a great recruiting staff, but it looks a lot like our staff did under Steve Sarkeesian, and yeah, that turned out well. <laughs> Shout out to Joey's. Uh, I, I will got. I, I got to do one more uh, stupid tweet. Shout out! Uh, shout out to our buddy Ryan, uh, who said uh, that uh, Sark was a top three uh, UW coach in the last fifty years. Again, completely just talking out his ass. You look at the stats. There's four <laughs> coaches that were above sixty percent in winning percentage, which is ten percent above Sark. So, bring some facts. It Sorry. helps. I know we probably don't want to keep going on this topic, but there's one worse account out there than Ryan Schill, and that's Matt de Blasio, or however you say his name. If you guys know who that is, that guy is the absolute worst. He's he's there, Dogman67, and Oregon, a lot of Oregon fans hate him. And, uh, you know, let, let's not forget Owen 12 brain cells. <laughs> Man, dude. I don't know why he gets let on uh, our spaces to talk. Puddles is okay, but Puddles is fine. Puddles, right. Puddles is fine. Key's great. Like Key's, Key's coming around. Key's coming around. I'll, and that's before he was going all in on their staff. I, I was coming around to him a little bit. QB QB eleven is trying to convince himself oh, right now. QB eleven's trying yeah. to okay, all right, let's, yeah. <laughs> Have we seen his film breakdown? <laughs> Have we seen his film right. breakdown? Anyway. Let's talk all right. Hustle. Getting into it. Uh, we have uh, not talked about the the uh, now completed coaching staff at the University of Washington highlight. Let's certainly we'll talk about the most recent news first. Uh, with the, the out, in my opinion, outstanding hire of Jamarcus Shepard from Purdue. Wow. Uh, briefly, yeah. Uh, we I will say thank you to Oregon because we went out and upgraded because you hired Junior who can recruit. I'm not going to say Junior can't recruit. Uh, but the on-field performance from the receivers has been spotty uh, at best in junior's tenure at Washington. Uh, if you can, I, I said it, I think, in one of our GCs. Uh, if you are a wide receiver coach and you can pull a nion to .95 composite wide receiver against Ohio State and Michigan to Purdue, who in turn has become, uh, who in turn was a Big Ten freshman of the year on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you can get it done. 
Yeah, I think I'm I'm high on several of our hires, but this is easily like the home run hire of our whole staff getting to Marcus Shepard. This is uh, this is one that'll probably get some national rec- recognition. You've seen some a little couple of tweets come in already. So well, now, saying I, that he said no to Notre Dame. Yeah, which I, <clears throat> I as as big a duke as I am, I I sometimes have a like. Number one, it comes from Ruth, so <laughs> there's one grain of salt. <laughs> Number two, I mean, you know, for an Indiana native, like if that is actually if that's true, that's huge for us. Yeah, that that would be huge. And uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, and then uh, what's his name? Steve uh, Wilford. Uh, he's Wolf a Hall. national Wolf. Yeah, Wolf Hall, Yeah, from uh, National Two Four Seven. He came on the Dogman board and was talking it up, and he never does that, at least to our board. And so that just shows how big this hire is. And yeah, I'm super excited to see what he does with our wide receivers and the recruiting he does. Yeah. To your point, uh, uh, DJ, just the recognition. Um, there's a lot of fluff in this game that happens, and um, we're not really too uh, too good at that. You know, we uh, go conservative, something that may hit regionally, um, but this was a national splash, and it got eyes on us. Um, so th- th- I think that's the biggest thing from this. Um, Inoki was kind of the biggest name at, at, as far as like anybody that had some type of national footprint, maybe even Courtney Morgan, but he's an off-field position. Um, so landing Jamarcus Shepard was, was big time um, in, in regards to, I hate using the word, but like cloud and, you know, because that's what these young kids kind of care. Like, you know, what opportunities are available for me, you know, uh, the NFL, yeah. et cetera. So, yeah. It's, it's a big hire that, you know, Hood, we, we talked about it a little in the pre-show, one of the GCs that you that you used to be a part of before you wisely chose to exit. The Notre Dame guys were like, this is a great hire for Washington. And for those guys to think of anything outside of the Irish. their South Bend Domer circle is, that says something. So, and, you know, shouts to, to our guy, Big Game Boomer, who had Jamarcus as the number three wide receiver coach in the country. I mean, you know, there's times where Boomer's wrong. Uh, you know, he's recognized some not so great Husky Twitter accounts as the, the accounts to follow in the past. He's coming around on that. He's he's recognized some great ones, uh, uh, including some of us. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead, Tugs. Um, yeah, for us to be uh, here that this he was in town and we had a chance and we all thought we hired him, and then for him to go to Notre Dame to hear that he wasn't gonna to interview until Monday or Tuesday, and then they were gonna interview Wiggins. And then if he really did turn down Notre Dame, like this is a change, change the tide, like higher for UW. Like we're going out and getting guys, getting a guy that took wide receivers from uh, Ohio State and has turned them into first round draft picks or potential first-round draft picks. Um, Rondell Moore with the Cardinals, what was he? Was he a second-round? Second-round pick? Yeah, and uh, to, yeah, this is this is huge, huge hire. And um, Purdue had a great passing offense this year at Purdue. Like, when was the last time they had a good passing offense? With Drew Brees, like, give me a break. They're not a powerhouse football team 
really? Joe, yeah, Joe Tiller days, which has been a while. Yeah. Here's something crazy that's going to blow your mind. Yeah. This hire actually makes a lot more sense than what you think. So I was doing some research on Shepard. So back in 2017, when he was just a passing game coordinator, uh, obviously he'd been on the staff with Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom was mentored under Jeff Tefford. Jeff Tefford obviously mentored Kalen DeVore. So that marriage led to Jamarcus Shepard getting the, I'm sure he got a nice introduction, a nice, hey, this is your guy, but his body of work, along with the backing of someone like Jeff Tefford, I'm sure led to this decision. Oh, wow. That's a, that's yeah. a great point. It's a, it's a network business. I think that got said on the spaces a couple of times. Uh, it's a network business. It's uh, also, he, he's been out here before. He was the inside receivers coach uh, over at Washington State who coached River Cray, uh, River Craycraft, who had a great season. Um, you know, I, I to, to go big, you know, from a macro perspective, we talked a little bit about it on our last episode, I think. Uh, it's been so long that I don't remember exactly what we talked about. But I, I couldn't be more excited to, like, we're not just going to get to a point, like, we talked about it coming into this last season or, or you know, and, and in the GCs for a couple of seasons. Like, if our offense can be average with how good the defense is, we're going to be in great shape. I'm going to tell you right now, this offense is going to be a lot better than just average. I, I completely agree with that. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to finally have an offense that is just what we know it could be from just watching Fresno State last year. Like, I'm I think uh, I think two things kind of schematically are very important, um, you know, with, with this next offense is just – how like easy the calls are, you know, they're not super difficult. Uh, receivers don't have to overthink things um, and things like that. Um, uh, I saw, I watched a couple of Fresno State games and there were times where Hayner got to the line in less than 10 seconds after the previous play, uh, looked to the sideline for call and then immediately went in. Uh, um, so uh, that's impressive in regards to getting everybody on the same page, um, no false starts, et cetera. And then um, in relation to Shepard, uh, just his experience in the air raid, as well as pro, uh, kind of this um, this pro spread, we've been struggling with our receivers and spacing. The air raid pri- uh, primarily kind of, you know, uh, focuses on spacing and getting your guys in one-on-one opportunity. Even when we run like four verticals with a guy underneath, it, it still seems like our spacing is off and like windows aren't large for Dylan or whoever our quarterback's going to be. So I think that's very important for for our highly skilled receivers to kind of get that um, that that element of spacing in our game um, and that kind of schematic nuance from meshing those things with what DeBoer does, what Indiana did, um, and now what uh, Purdue did. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's a great point and, and slightly off the the coaching topic, but let's give a big welcome to to Mike Penix um, or Penix, excuse Absolutely. me. Uh, sorry, but, but we've been making too many jokes in the too GCs. many jokes. <laughs> too many jokes. Uh, I'm I'm super excited to see what Penix can do. Uh, reunited with Kalen, uh, you know, not to say that he's guaranteed the job by any stretch of the imagination, but it makes the room a lot better, and that's that's huge. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm really excited about the rest of. Go ahead, Tugs. He can only help, even if 
if if you you know being a left-handed quarterback that's played in the system, he can only come in and at least help Heward, show him what he's seeing, and to help him ball out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, even if I feel like Penix is the type of type of kid, if he if he doesn't make it, which I mean he's going to be a competitor and wants to make it, but if he doesn't make it, he knows that what his role is going to be, and he's not going to be a Debbie Downer, and he's gonna he's gonna just going to straight up help you or he's not going to do that. We're also just only talking about Jamarcus Shepard. I mean, there's a host of coaches that were hired that. That was where I was going to go next. Like, certainly, you know, don't sleep on Ryan Grubb. That's an outstanding hire. I, I can't wait to see the impact that the combination of, of Grubb and Huff with our own line and the talent we have in that room and, and the, you know, Huff's ability to recruit. That's That goes from a position that, let's not beat around the bush, it was not an area of strength for us this past season. Uh, I think a lot of that was Donovan's scheme. Uh, one of the ones that I'm super excited about is I'm really excited about Coach Marks. Like he's had consistent production from the guys he coaches everywhere he's been. Like, like it's not going to be the focal point of the offense like it was during the mile. You know where it was engine engine number nine and Miles running all over everybody, but it's a still a huge part of the offense. And Sky's, I mean, I'm I'm super excited to see what Coach Marks can do at UW. I think uh, I think a, a, like a, um, I don't know if it has to do with what the coaching staff wants or the head coach what he wants, but I think bringing in a new strength and conditioning coach is so huge. I don't know what the fuck happened last year, but our O line looked slow. They didn't look. That's our strength, and it's been our strength, and it was named by length late to be a strength, and, like, they did not look good last year, and I don't think it's their fault. I think it was it was what John Donovan wanted, and but Lake, what Lake wanted, yeah, what Lake wanted, and the coaching malpractice has just been, like, it's coming out that it was so bad. And we've we've all heard that this past week was the team's toughest week due to strength and conditioning and then in the new coach and getting them in shape and ready to play fucking ball. Let's go. Yeah, that's Coach McKeefree. I'm super excited for his impact. Um, I, I'm not gonna. Uh, it's not to sleep on, on Coach Sheridan. I think he's going to do some really good things in our, with our tight ends and help with the quarterbacks. Good call. Um, it's not a, mm-hmm. you know, as we look forward, you know, tight end is not a, it's not going to be the same, it's not going to have the same level of emphasis that it had in the Peterson offense or the Donovan offense. It's a different scheme. It's much more a big, a big receiver <laughs> um, rather than an inline guy. But for guys like, uh, I'm, I'm going to, Early, early, you know, we're, we're, we're going to co- cover this as we get closer to the season in terms of breakout players or, or people that pop. But uh, I'm going to put a pin and say that Quentin Moore is going to be one of those guys for us next season. Come on. That tight end, big receiver. Come on. Hope so. I think and- uh, two, two people that, uh, in, in regards to coaching, um, 
that I, I think uh, deserves some some shouting out are gonna is, is Anoki Brechterfield. Um, I I definitely think like I definitely think um, in regards to national attention, he was second behind uh, Jamarcus Shepard. Um, a lot of people around the country really really respect the guy and his process um, and his acumen essentially. So. I'm really excited about him. And then also somebody who potentially may be working um, on the strength and conditioning side, you know, our guy, AJ, uh, most definitely. Uh, so just kind of seeing those guys transform their bodies and then giving Anoki somebody to work with. That's not a, a no disrespect, a, a Vanderbilt athlete or a BYU athlete or even a Stanford athlete. You know, you're getting uh, some some high level uh, athletes uh, that are going to be at the University of Washington. You get the mold on one end and then coach on the other. So I think that position group D line as well as coaching uh, in in that room has taken a, a crazy step forward. Go ahead, DJ. All right, yeah. So uh, you guys hit on a lot of things I wanted to say. Uh, I'm excited about we have several coaches on our offense that have experience as OC. Uh, that huge uh, when game planning uh, for our offense. Yeah, I'm really excited about their offenses, hires in general. Uh, yeah, I mentioned Sheridan and then Huff. I'm interested to see how Scott Huff, our offensive line coach, uh, what he can do when he's not hampered down by uh, a terrible offensive system. Uh, I mean, I think I think it's still in question, like how, how good he is. So, uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes and see where our offense line is. But the one name that we did not mention – that may not be part of our main coaching staff that could be the biggest hire uh, outside of our head coach, Courtney Morgan. Oh, huge. Man, so, so big. And we've already seen that pay dividends in the month he's been on. You can see that pay dividends in the week he has been on with all the, the people talking about him, the develop like the, the people he's been developing relationships with, with the players and recruits huge hire to pull him from Michigan and essentially a lateral move from his alma mater, alma mater. Like, Oh, that's so big. Immense. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, I will also, it's something that we've harpooned, lampooned, uh, taken consistent shots at during the entire lifetime of our pod. But, you know, shouts to our social media and, you know, in the brand marketing department, it's, taking and i think courtney has a lot to do with this and some of the other and like we're seeing the impact of some of the off the field staff that kaylin is bringing in and you know and i think we all had when when we had that momentary hiccup of like oh maybe jamarcus isn't coming coming and we all had that reactionary kind of doom and gloom oh oh no we suck again uh you know rob schneider moment the off the field impact and emphasis on recruiting is in the pudding with with Courtney, with Jarrett McElwain, with some of the other people that they're bringing in, it's huge. Do I, I will say with caveat, because it went out today, uh, we're still leaning in a little too much for my liking to the academically prowess. Uh, like, it, this is football. Like, yes, it's important, but we don't need to, like, UW's educate, like, UW Twitter can talk about our academics and UW athletics can talk about our academics. I don't necessarily need to see it from the individual teams or UW football when it's not as big, like to be a national championship caliber program. It's not like, okay, touch on it, but we don't need to continually 
hammer that point. And, and uh, the, the academics that you do kind of speak for itself. I only want to see like one greatest setting tweet a month. <laughs> <laughs> Tops. Hey, Darker Knight, I want to hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts on yeah. some of the coaching staff? I love it, man. Uh, the surprise to me, I think that no one's really talking about, I think he's kind of an upgrade, but I think Chuck Morrell is going to really hold that defensive side accountable. Because if you look at the team last year, we had all the talent in the world. We wondered why we were struggling. There was no accountability. You know what I mean? So from head down, uh, just talking with guys I know in that building, it's, a, it's accountability from day one, and that was set. That standard was set in the beginning meetings, in the individual meetings, and that's the standard moving forward. So you're going to see a lot of guys hold each other accountable, and you'll see a lot of team leaders, I think, emerge as well. Uh, a name that hasn't been mentioned, um, and I don't, I'm not even going to go into detail about you know his regimens or his, his personal acumen, but Ron McKeefrey, um Hell yeah. was, was broadcasted on the initial, uh, almost one of, I think one of the first three to five videos that this uh, football account has put out. You know what I mean? And he and he's featured in one. And, and those boys look drained. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much. Um, so that's somebody who I would I would really keep an eye on um, this uh, this strength and conditioning um, team and program. Um, there was somebody a part of the strength and conditioning team said about ribeye quality and about how you feed the the cow while it's alive uh, to to fuel your body. So attention to detail. You know what I mean? It's going to be next level. And uh, Saha was was great while he was here. We appreciate Saha um, and the accomplishments of player of the, the defensive line that you yep. got drafted, the DBs you got drafted, things like that. Um, but co- some complacency kind of fell in there. And, and we and new blood's awesome. Yeah, go ahead, Tugton, then, uh, and then Darker Knight. Darker Knight, you nailed it when you said accountability. I feel like there was no accountability for anything going on the last two years. And like, I've, all we've heard is like, the players are, you know, gotta be accountable for what's going on. And, and God, I just love, I love to hear it. And then I also heard that we got a special um, nutritionist just for the football team. Like, let's go, dude, this, why haven't we had that before? Yep. I mean, it's different, and, and like, it, I think it got brought up in a space that somebody made the point that, like, I think because of some of the uncertainty of the pandemic, like, everybody was sent, like, when everybody was having to do lifting and stuff remote, like, everybody was doing the same, like, lifting regimen, so you had linemen doing the same lifting regimen as receivers, that makes, that makes, like, no, I'm sorry, Coach Saha, but that makes no fucking sense, and it's a it's an example of, of you know and particularly I would say in the last year um, and and there's not really anybody that I would exclude from this question what the fuck were you doing to get the paychecks that you were earning from the University of Washington honestly like what were you doing to justify your income um, including uh, Bob Gregory who still thought that the Cougars were running Mike Leach's offense two years after they stopped. Like, you need to pay that money back. Like, well, it worked two years ago. <laughs> who, who could we have hired if we had, if you'd done the right thing and like, hey, I didn't really earn this money. 
didn't he say? Didn't he say after the game? You know, we had success running that defense the last eight years. Jesus fucking. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, it is, like, there's incompetence, and then there's that. It's like, when your fans are watching more film than your coaches? (laughs) Like, what is going on here? It's just, I mean, it's it's indescribable, and, like, I, I can't wait to see what a competent and, like, a coaching staff that's actually about it and is serious and, and it's been said by a number of people like yes it you know a lot of Kaylin's experience was at a lower level but if you're a 79 and 9 as a head coach you give a fucking shit about winning period winners win hashtag too oh, i mean he's got a I'm sociopathic loving. like it means something i mean like if we're talking about like if we're going to tout our academic prowess you know what that is? That's winning in the like. If we're going to talk about that and, and like that elitist attitude that this that we don't necessarily like, we don't love the academically elitist perspective from the university. But to a certain point, we also should own it. And like, and we talked about it. It got brought up in the spaces. Be villains. That's fine. Like, be what we are. Like, go ahead, Tugs. Dude, I'm so glad you brought up the hashtag winners win. When I saw that, I was like, oh fuck, let's. Dude, hell yes, and it and you know what? It is villain season. Let's fucking go, Let's, dude. Shout I'm out so to Hood. Appreciate you. that. <laughs> yeah, hey. got some of the players on it too. <laughs> <laughs> the villain season, yeah. I also like how uh, just we were talking about coaching staff and just how Inge as well as Grub are involved in the recruiting process. I mean, yes. Kozar got that offer from Grub. Um, a lot of these offers going out are, are adding, 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 um, inch. And so it's like, oh, you, you're in direct con- uh, contact with the actual defense coordinator, not the position group. So that's, that's pretty impressive as well. Um, so, well, and I said it in the spaces, it's my first chance to say it on the pod. Um, I am going to continue to beat this horse because why not? Um, Anybody not named Group Bob Gregory is going to be a massive upgrade in terms of both recruiting and coaching the linebacker position. Who? Who? <laughs> like, and, I, and that's another guy I'm super excited about, like, with the resources at the University of Washington, given, like, and he's been all over, he's coached all over. The dude get is clearly a very good coach. Like, if you can have a top 30, you know, defense at Fresno, you can – you can coach. Um, we, I mean, we had a lot of the questions and a lot of the stupid shit that some of the other fan bases are like, oh, it's a G5 coaching staff. It's like, and I'm not saying it's going to work out the same way, but a lot of those arguments and a lot of like, a, hey, hey, hold your horses. You might not be that good. It's a lot of the same arguments that they were throwing at Peterson. How'd that turn out? Go ahead, uh, Leah, and then Tugs. I was just going to say, you know, I don't know if we've talked about this in my little, I had to leave for a second, but um, I can't think of the, t- the last time that somebody from the conference hired someone who had not even been a coordinator but a co-defensive coordinator without any hedge coaching experience and how that turned out. And now, I mean, even when we hired Steve Sarkeesian, which turned out in the long run to be a decent hire, he was in charge of the offense at SC under a defensive coach. 
this guy is a co-defensive coordinator under a defensive coach. So what is he even in charge of? He may have called the plays down there, but... But 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 yeah, you get it. I want to make one point before, Tugs, before we head it off to you. Uh, Not only do we have our our, our rivals, and they are, are probably our most heated rivalry, they have a person in charge of their program who has never been a head coach before. Granted, he did a great job as the interim head coach, but our rivals across the state also have a first-time head coach in charge. And uh, by the way, the the program that that the, that they're both rivals has a head coach now that knows what they're doing. Um, we had somebody that you know. I, I think I don't know if it, if there has been anybody since we had elevated Jimmy Lake in the conference. I think that was the last time that a program in conference had elevated a first-time head coach. Um, but we've seen this playbook, and, and like. That's the thing, and, and to briefly go back to the points, like that's the thing about landing it at Oregon. It's like we've seen this play before. It's Steve Sarkeesian. It's just on the other side of the ball. Like his staff is Sark's staff is exactly like what Sark, like great recruiter, but like you tell like oh my god, our you know Clem's this great old line coach. I'm like look at the production. Yeah. Like yeah, he brings in talented guys, but they don't do jack shit. Well, and also it's just like you know. Sark, like I just said, like this, he was running the offense in a defensive coach's system. So it was, and he, and he wasn't a co-offensive coordinator. So, right, yeah. Well, I mean, and yeah, uh, well, and and that, and it's even if Landing was calling the plays, and, and credit to him if he was, he also had a defensive-minded head coach, and their special teams coordinator, and and you know, you know, and one of the position coaches, Will Muschamp, who'd been a head coach at multiple places before. Like, it's not like he's got carte blanche to run the defense. He also doesn't have George's athletes. Go ahead, Doug. So, the last staff, major malpractice in a lot of places. I'm so impressed with everything we've heard about this staff and we talked about Morgan and how a couple weeks ago Morgan was going around the country offering this cat knows what he's doing he's offering we were kind of a little upset because we were like hey let's offer the hometown kids first but what did he do this week they just dropped they they dropped re-offers on re-offers on re-offers and and they we were, we were Dugan and then they dropped what? Our boy down in Texas, who we've been begging to offer for the last two years. And oh my God, I hope he comes here. Cozerts. Can I say his yeah. name? Yeah. Dude, yeah. Yeah. So that would be awesome. I want and, him to come home, but I am, regardless. Congratulations to Ashton. That's huge. I'm glad I got offered. He would cook. He would just cook in this system. And like, oh, and that's the thing. Like, I, I've tweeted it a couple of times. We all talk about it, but like, imagine looking at this offense as a receiver and being like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm not sure." Like, I get that we have a, a fairly talented room, but we, we were talking about it in a GC. Like, you're going to have seven or eight receivers that are going to see the field pretty regularly because they run this staff and the system runs routes at all levels. And like, you're not going to have somebody like, you know, on an, on a nine play drive, like, okay, go run a, you know, a, a 25 yard post, go run it, go run a, you know, go run three goes. 
Like, you're going to need, even with a great conditioning staff, it's not going to be like soccer players that run run straight up and down the field for 90 minutes. But receivers are going to get the ball in this offense a lot. Shout you out Jeremy to- Bernard. Eight, eight wide receivers? Yeah, Jamarni Bernard. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> good. We'll yeah, see him. We'll see yeah. in week three. Week That's three, gonna be yeah. fun. That's gonna be fun. It's, gonna be, it's fine, and but 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 I wanna to say the... <laughs> I was just gonna say that because uh, Tug was talking about Courtney Morgan and I, I I get so bothered when people say trust the coaches because you know what happens a lot of times when you trust the coaches. But I'm sorry, I fucking trust Courtney Morgan that yes. whatever he thinks is best, I'm on board with that because that guy knows what he's doing. And so proven otherwise. So yeah. Yeah. true. He was just sprinkling around the country, and we're going to offer a D-line from North Carolina? We're just going to offer here and there? So so one thing that we haven't seen in a long time, um, and for the last couple years since I've known you guys and hopped in GCs and things like that, uh, we've always talked about how USC was in um, a national recruits final. Um, USC and uh, Oregon are in a national recruits final. Um, uh, us ending up in Jamal Jarrett's top 11 as the only uh, West Coast Pac-12 representing school means something um, just for the people in his area. And, and that's what we have not seen. And the, uh, Courtney Morgan provided that in a couple uh, in a month's time on campus. So when you talk about, um, you know, projecting what's going on, a lot of this, quote unquote, Dugan is becoming more realistic conversations. Anybody have any qualms if I jump in on this for a second? Um, I, I, I think that's a great point to build off of that hood. I think it's critically important because, like, I think, and I, I don't, haven't had the time to go back and look at it, but we spent a lot of time and we, we put out, I think, early in the Peterson era, we put about a lot of offers out in Texas. And the first couple of years, it didn't amount to much but that it turned into Levi and then it turned into JV on Sunday and Caleb Barry and, you know, and, you know, and Megwa at Yevon Fuller and Megwa's from down there as well. Like it, like it uh, Jalen Polk, Jalen Polk. Yeah. He, you know, the relationship with Caleb Barry, like it takes time to build those relationships. But once you have them built, you start to see the fruit of that, you know, a couple of years down, you know, down the stream. The other piece of it is, as unfortunately, and, and I'm, I'm really excited to see, like, you know, UCLA's had some some good transfers in. Arizona's doing really well in the portal. Like, there there is momentum for the conference as a whole to become the destination, and a lot of the kids that may have left the West Coast are starting to come back, and and that's huge. But in terms of our own national strategies, it pertains to UW. Unfortunately, as much as we'd like to lock down the state, it's not likely, and and there's been more of a trend for kids to go elsewhere. But if we lose battles in state, if we don't have anywhere else other than to go and get a three star from California, you're, it's going to be a bigger, you've got a bigger development hurdle to, to come back up the hill. Us having a national footprint means that, okay, we lose a kid in state, but we might have a better chance to go pull a kid from North Carolina or somewhere else. Go ahead, Tugs. And you know, pull We wasn't Martin from Texas also. Jeremiah yeah, okay. Martin. Yeah, yeah. He, okay, we got. Or from California. What was that? He's from California, but he went to from Texas California, A&M. but he went to A and yeah. Okay, okay. Well, we got him to come back, and you know, 
making these relationships the way that we have seen um, college football in the last month. And Hood called this everyone going crazy in the portal. And you never know when that D lineman. Hood Stradamus. That, that D lineman from Maryland or. Shut I'm, just, I'm just making it up. Some D lineman in Maryland that you talk to, he's like, oh, maybe I want to go to UW now and be part of Death Row D. And he comes and crushes it, you know, two years later. You never know what's going to happen, but you've made that relationship. You know, the portal has made the portal has made college football just crazy. And Hood called it. Like, you called it, Hood. I made jokes about how Will, like, I we, we made jokes about Will Harris. Like, we called him Will Second Date Harris. Like, he can get you in a portal, but he can't get you out of high school. You know what I mean? So, um, I think that's going to play a big dividends in regards to um, pipeline. You talk about JV on Sunday. Um, I can't remember the specific high school he came out of, but it's the their their running back now is Trey Wisner. I think. Uh, what was it? Sentinel. I think it's Sentinel or something. Yeah, Sentinel. It's either well, Sentinel or Centennial. I think I'm not sure, but uh, well, now they have Trey Wisner, who's a national recruit. Now you may whiff on him. This first go around because he's a national recruit, NIL, that pressure, et cetera. But when it comes down to playing time and availability and scholarship availability, et cetera, you're not third or fourth on a depth chart. You're one or two. You then retie those relationships with, oh, shoot, well, Javion, a, a, a junior or a senior at this school, I'm going to go play with Javion. Like Javion was the, the homie. So, like, those relationships can be created. Uh, you saw that with Caleb Berry and Jalen Polk. So, I, I, I think it's. You, you I'm glad that we're. I'm glad ahead, we're, we're trying to uh, stop with the academic prowess, prowess and uh, uh, entitlement bullshit because we've been saying we've been needing to throw out more offers than we have been, and that's what that's what happens. Like even if you don't get them the first time, like oh well they wanted me two years ago, and. Let's check them out again now. And so, yeah, I'm glad. It seems like we're going to be throwing out more offers instead of the 90 to 115 ish. We need to be up to around 200. And I've been preaching that for a while. Like, it's not right to be like Stanford is like one of the only ones that could go that route. And maybe I don't know. Yeah, Stanford's the only one I think. And Notre Dame, is, Notre Dame, a little bit too. Yeah, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame kinda, a little bit. They're so picky, so, like. But speaking of Stanford, we talked about Stanford athletes, and that and it's in the, we're talking about the transfer portal. Uh, guy, I wanted and I didn't understand why we didn't pursue harder the first time, but uh, Austin Jones, gonna don't get me excited. Your, your high school head coach was a legend in our program. Come on, you see what he did with Come Ronnie on. Rivers, boy. Sure. Come on. Ronnie uh, draft. He ruined our perfect season in 2019, 2020. Could have been 4-0. There's a lot to be excited about. Uh, like, there's a lot. Uh, we got to taper it. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we, we know gotta... Austin can practice anywhere because they practiced at a park in Bellevue. Hey, come on, come on. Bring, bring it. You know. Um, but yeah, I'm. I, I think, and I. I will say we we haven't. Uh, I, I agree with everybody's you know takes and, and perspectives on the coaches thus far. I think we're we're forgetting Juice Brown, and I'm really excited to see what he yeah. can do. 
Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to knock Will at all. I think we, we, we know that Will struggled a little bit on that first time recruiting, but I, I will give him credit. He is an exemplary developer and, and position coach. Like the, I mean, granted, there, he was working with a lot of talent, but we're going to have, we conceivably could have both Trent and Kyler go, you know, go round one or, or should be day one or two picks, hands down. But Juices, I got I, that guy's got some energy, and we may take a slight step back in the development, but I think we're going to take a step forward in that first that first time around recruiting. I'm I'm really excited to see Juice Brown here at UW. Go ahead, Doug. I cannot wait to see what Juice does with Covington. I'm so <laughs> I'm so excited to watch Covington ball out. Like, dude, I'm I love Covington. He was like my favorite recruit from that class. And I cannot wait to watch him ball out. I, I, before I forget, and I said it in a space, the guy I am most excited for with our new defensive staff, uh, this isn't a coach, but in terms of one of the players on the team, and, and unfortunately he got into the doghouse for stupid Jimmy reasons. For being awesome? For be, Yeah, for being fucking awesome. But the guy that I, I, I think is just going to explode next year, Dom Hampton at the Husky position. Oh, my God. I Dom's not just going to cook. Dom is going to fucking barbecue. It is going to be. I he's, got, he's got it. Whatever oh. it is. He's got it. I, I can't wait. Me and Hood have a, a mutual friend now on this strength and conditioning staff. And one of the first three people. Uh, into the they entered the weight room. It was Dom Hampton aside from Asa Turner and Jacob Martin. He said when he seen Dom Hampton, he said, "Wow, good." You didn't. I'm, I'm gonna just put it this way. He helped develop Fred Warner, and he's seen a lot of those characteristics in Dom. Oh, Damn. Uh, are it's, you for real, uh, Nigel? Uh, oh, dude, uh, for real. Hood, did you Dom see what they? Good. Did you see what they did with Evan Williams? Like, did you know Evan Williams last year? No, like you didn't know Evan Williams last year, but Evan Williams, nine, Evan Williams is Fresno State safety. Ninety plus tackles was an extreme playmaker. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And and he, they're gonna have the talent to mold. Like they're coming up in a situation where, like Morell is a defensive coordinator, so he's gonna relate to these high level players. You know, Juice is going to have the swagger to relate and recruit to the high-level players, and then you're going to have a system that's going to allow, like, body types to kind of play a real big impact in the scheme. And um, that Husky position is probably going to be just like that slot position in Jimmy Lake's defense if we can be able to maintain that high level of, like, front play and things like that. Like, these DBs aren't going to – they're not going to drop any level because the, the talent and the depth's there. You, you forget Esteen and Mekki Pai. Mekki Pai a walk-on but a starter at other P5 places. Like Shouts so, to Mish Powell. Yes. Mish Powell, Elijah that Jackson. Was a beautiful, beautiful yeah. video to see him get his, his, oh, scholarship. his scholarship. Facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm glad you guys are talking about Juice. Yeah. I'm excited to see him at coach. And he's already, like I said, with Courtney, paying dividends on recruiting, looking like he's getting out there and making some offers. Uh, you know, you guys, some of you know my thoughts on uh, Will Harris. So I'll just say uh, enjoy Georgia Southern with uh, Clay Hilton. That's all. Rip rolling down there too. <laughs> yeah, ribs down there. <laughs> uh, but okay, so going stepping back a little bit from Dugan, 
And uh, talking about the defensive staff a little bit, Hood, I'm, I'm glad you kind of brought it up in spaces earlier. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see a lot of them out there. But I, w- I was a little concerned, too, that cause our offensive staff is crazy good, and we have an offensive-minded coach. And a lot of times you'd want to see the defensive staff be a little bit heavier and, like, have see the bigger names on that side. So it does worry me a little bit, not that I have no faith or trust in them. Uh, a couple guys in that staff uh, a little worried about recruiting. Hopefully they can prove uh, me wrong and get out there and get some recruits. Uh, and at, at DC, I love him at linebacker coach. At DC, not that I dislike him, but, you know, that's another one is like, okay, he did, he did decent at Fresno. They did, they did a good defense, but I was hoping for, like, one of the splash hires at DC, known name that's proven, like Orlando from Steinheyer from uh, – the Canadian Football League, that would have been a splash hire. I was hoping for a DC. And then morale, you know, it sounds like a good safety coach, but I was, I don't know. I don't know. Not too fond of him getting a promotion. He was just a safety coach at Fresno State. Now is the co DC. I don't know if that was the only way for uh, the board to keep him on staff. So just, just a couple of things that uh, I'm just going to be walking. His way of getting him to come north instead of staying in. And being on team yeah. yeah. staff, so. yeah, Ab- absolutely. And then that's his guy, man. That, that's his guy. Like I, I feel like he has to come up for things to run smoothly. And isn't Morell and Inge Co. Or aren't they Co.? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, guessing yeah, I mean, he's gonna probably call plays, but yeah, they're both Co. But but at the end of the day, they, they they're very aggressive, you know. And if our offense is putting up all these points, they're gonna be able to play aggressive. So. I'm concerned about there with like the recruits coming on that side is so I can see the defense being good with our with our athletes and players that we have right now, but you know there could be a drop off maybe Agreed. in two years uh, with if we don't have those if we're not recruiting the same level we have been at those positions. But I yeah I think it's I don't think it's going to be the the last couple of classes that we saw under Peterson, but I also think recruiting's taken a huge step back because. Jimmy basically stopped. So I think it's probably for a couple of years, it's going to look on the defensive side, probably a little bit like it did at the start of the Peterson era. Um, but I also, and I also can envision let's, let's, you know, not beat around the bush about it. Like the initial staff that Peterson brought to Washington, he didn't get all of those, right. <laughs> uh, Chris Strausser was on that staff. Brent Pease was on that staff as a receiver coach. Um uh, <laughs> Yeah, how'd that work out in the national championship game? Uh, with, um, and that's no disrespect to like to to, to Ross and Pettis or, or Fuller, but like you know, like there were gaps, and and it that takes some time. And could I see? But I think, I think there's a number of positions where I would say this staff is a market improvement on on the initial staff that Peterson brought to Washington when he started. And look at what that staff did. Um, I think you know, you know, head against you know, you know, straight across comparisons. I think probably the only real step back that we took relative to our previous staff that that we that just left um, is probably Schmidt versus Akaika. But even then, like Akaika wasn't good point. Didn't have his best year as an outside linebacker coach. Good point. Good point. But, like, 
I could easily like it, it got talked about in the spaces like I can't I don't under I won't undersell Coach Noak. Um oh, I think that's goodness. a big like Oh that is goodness. a big like I, you know in an ideal world I would have loved to see, see him and Akaika on the same staff, with Akaika oh, staying at outside linebacker, and Coach Noak you know taking over. Like I, I I'm old enough that I remember Coach Noak as a as a player against us. Like I remember like that guy's pissing me off. Like he you know he wasn't like the he wasn't Vita or one of those guys that just you know, popped off the, the tape, like, oh my God, this guy's just a monster. But he was just solid and consistent. And like, you look at everywhere he's been and yeah, we hired him from Vanderbilt. And I think that kind of undersells where I think that kind of takes a little bit of the luster off of his resume because it's a Vanderbilt. But like, there's a very good reason that he was there. He was there because he's very good friends with their head coach. But and he got Wisconsin. Constantly. Yeah. He was at Wisconsin, and, like, everywhere he's been, he's been very, very, like, if we had hired him straight across from, from Wisconsin, he'd be, he'd be easily, like, we would be as hyped about him as we are about Jamarcus. Easily. Yep. And and I was, I was just going to add one more, what I was saying, talking about the defensive staff. If we're being real, if our offense is going to be, like, how our defense has been the last five years, which is top ten, if we just have an average defense, then we're we're set. That's all you need. Yes, I think we're. Gonna, are there. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think we're gonna love this this four two five. Oh if yeah, I love that. They had a top. They had a top. Uh, uh, I'm gonna harp on this point for a second. These guys had a top thirty defense at Fresno State, mm-hmm. under with an offensive minded coach. Like I'll, we don't I'll need take, you. I'm just reading the numbers I'll now. It's impressive. Calling me Fresno North, I ain't scrimming. <laughs> I'm mad. We don't. We don't need. I mean, like, if the defense is good, with the talent that's there on the offensive side of the ball, if the staff does what they've done everywhere they've been on the offensive side of the ball, <laughs> like, we don't need yeah. the defense to be like the elite. Oh my God, wrecking no. crew that it has been. I mean, this is what William Inge did last year at Fresno State. So they had a top 25 defense in the country um, in their scoring categories. So they, they were top 25 in scoring defense, tackles for loss, takeaways, fumble recoveries, third down conversion defense, and fourth down conversion defense. And that's with athletes that are not the caliber of UW athletes. So schematically, they know what they're doing. Jesus. How, Jesus. how many points did they give up against Oregon? I don't I don't honestly know. Do we know? 34, I think. Jake Hayner gave him 14. Yeah, but Jake Hayner threw four interceptions. Yeah, or fumbles too. Jake Hayner had a turnover shrimp kind of day. (laughs) Yeah, if we have a top 30-ish defense to pair with uh, to be conservative top 20 offense, but hopefully like top 15, that's that's good. That's a top 15 team right there if you have that, if not better. How many points per game, per game did Fresno score last year? I think they're at like 31. 31, 32. Only allowed 20.5. Damn. Good night. Okay. Well, and like, but the other thing is like, like it's going to be different. And, and, you know, it got thrown around some GCs like, okay, predict it. Or, you know, it got thrown around a thread. Okay, predict the record next year. I'm like, with the portal shots to you, Hood, again, about how big that is. My like, bad. No, it's not your bad at all. It's like, 
you can't legitimately make a prediction about like what this team is going to do next season at this point in the calendar because we don't know who's on this team. Like, Exa- we know, exactly. We know some likely people, and we know like, do we get another transfer portal quarterback? You know, exactly. Does, does somebody, um, you know, does does somebody late in the cycle say, does a quarterback requalify from twenty three and jump into this class? Who knows what happens? Um, but if you also look at the schedule, and I'm like, yes, our, a bunch of our tough games next year are on the road, or, or the tougher games for us next year are on the road versus home okay. as they were in 2021. But, like, you look at this conference next year, and I'm like, does anybody legitimately actually, like, fucking scare you that we play? Exactly. Nope. It, don't do this all again. I don't, I, I mean, and I'm not thinking, like, I learned my lesson about duking. I gotta wait for but, spring ball. I gotta wait for spring ball. I mean, in injuries, but Fictions yet. <laughs> there's a lot to be excited about. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, there's a shit ton to be excited about, especially knowing everything that we've heard in the last like two, three months about the coaching malpractice and like, like, knowing what went into the record that we had. Yeah, and how that yeah. happened. Yeah. And, and you're just like, oh, my God. What what would have happened if we played a full season two years ago when we were 4-1? Like, does Lake even make it out of that season? Yes. Let's be – you think so? There's no way Jed Cohen fires him after one year. Agreed, yeah. Like, yeah. unless he full-on, like, oh, not hit a player with his play sheet, but, like, if he full-on, like, punched somebody in the face. Maybe he gets fired. It was the combination but, of the academically prowess and punching a kid. Yep, that was a lot. <laughs> because I think that had Kause not been watching, and she sure was after the academically prowess comment, I think he could probably even get away with the shove and the, and the helmet. But the two of them together, uh-uh, can't survive that. Yeah, yeah, if, if people said if he was if he was – Winning, if he was what seven one going that game, yeah, there might have been some flack for what he did, but that's not going to fire him. <laughs> I think even even if but he lose that side, game, he might have gotten an, if he had a ten one season, he might have very well punched his ticket to the NFL and true twenty twenty one would have been. What were you saying, Leah? Anyway, sorry, Leah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, even if we had had the record that we did and we lost to Oregon and that happened, but the academically prowess thing didn't happen. I think he still keeps his job. What's up, J-Cap? J-Cap, my homie, what's up, man? It's <laughs> Mario! <laughs> hey, sick PJs, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, I gotta say, you know, well, well, you know the, the Mario references, J-Cap's rocking a, a, an excellent mustache now. He's taking over the mustache game from... Uh, that douchebag that moved to, to Miami with Mario. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, but uh, I also got to give my buddy Tugs props. So, like, I, I used to be the only guy, you know, uh, you know, between Hood and I, it used to be the, you know, the the power twins rocking the beards on the pod. And now we, now, now, now we're triplets. <laughs> Come on. I like What's it. Talking about? I might let this go for a while. I don't know. Yeah. Do but, it, you know. And I will say, you know, Hood, Hold unlike outside. Tugs and I, you know, you're not covering for 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 a lack of hair on up top. <laughs> but uh, Jcap, what's going on, man? How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Chilling. Jcap, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking uh, Tennessee Jack and Honey. Ooh. 
Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I started the night with a coconut kitten uh, mittens winter ale, uh, and I'm now uh, repeating myself, but just because it's coconut and got to give you shit for it. No. Uh, mm -hmm. A uh, cocoa Ooh, peach blonde that. ale. That's okay, though. Well, you don't like coconut either, Jacob? No. Yeah, fuck I can burn in hell forever. Yes. yes. Jacob, <laughs> we was just talking about how Jen Cohen finally nailed a hiring process. <laughs> Kaylin DeBoer nailed the hiring did, process. Did she, though? Damn it, let me get this woman some credit. I am. Damn, where'd Leah go? I believe in equal rights and lefts. No, and no credit, and like, and, and and hopefully, some of the rumors are true. That like we've seen, I've seen it in a couple of places that that the whole junior situation actually pissed her off. And if so, and if that influenced yep. this decision, thanks again. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. I mean, I I, I think there is it. Like she does have the capacity, and I don't want to go on my whole rant because I'm in a good mood about Jamarcus. Um, yeah. The name. I think she does have the capacity, so like, to make an error and then fix it. Agreed. Agreed. I think there. I think there is something to be kind of had about the support that Kaylin DeBoer has. Like, I think um, this go around, it does seem a little different in regards to how to play the game. Um, you know, a little bit of learning from your mistakes, being able to kind of parry and dodge some things and give your own punches back uh, by the administration. And I think as as hard as we are on them, we got to give them props for their, their dubs and their wins, no pun intended. Um, for sure, for sure. I think they deserve a little bit of pat on the back. Yeah, I mean, like we, we were talking about it earlier, the, the, you know, regardless of where it's coming from, the social media game has taken a step for, like, has taken Agreed. steps for the better. It's fire. The the, the 206 graphics? Ooh. Oh, my God. Loyal to the soil? Come yeah. on. Loyal yes. to the soil fire. Loyal to the, yeah, Dude, that was awesome. So I don't love the, the the Amazon domes on one of them, but that's a, a personal. The little spheres? Dude, loyal to the soil? Oh, oh. Wait a minute! I thought you put on Hashtag by being from Don't Seattle and then going elsewhere and playing well. I thought that. Washington on the map. That's how you do it. That's how you put that. on. Because Omega had a good game at Ohio State, and nobody from Washington State care like even cares. Like, Wait, he, yeah. Because we don't. <laughs> we don't. Love well, and 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 transfer like the, transfer back. The other thing I, I will say, shouts to ESPN. You know, uh, anybody else see the national championship viewer game ratings relative to other ones in the past? Where, oh look at that! Your continual overhyping of the SEC, hmm, low no, viewer numbers. What was nobody, it? nobody wanted to watch. It's like it was like nine. Yeah, twenty two nine. The lowest of all CFPs was, was that right. what it was? Oh I yeah, think last year was wasn't was last year less. Because it was like the give the Maybe. year, but yeah, Maybe, last but... year's a weird year because you don't count that. But yeah, I think it was the lowest if you don't count the last year. If you don't count, and and isn't that an incredible statement? You know what I mean? Like we need the Pac-12 back for sure. It it just means less, you know, SEC only. It just means less viewers. Exactly. You need representation from other places, and and it would have been a great a greater 
you know, story and, and, and would have garnered viewership if you had somebody like Jim Harbaugh in that game and Michigan in that game. If you seeded people correctly, Michigan game, you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. Seeing, seeing some kids in our backyard show up on the big stage and show out. Facts. Flowers <laughs> down to UW in Georgia. Chose Georgia. Keely Ringo from Tacoma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ceiling pick six. You just shake your head. Oh, like, believe believe me, it? Tracy made it made it very known what Keely. <laughs> JTT balled out this year too. You know, what I mean, we can. You know, for sure. I mean, and props to them. Like, I don't want those guys to, unless they go to Oregon. Like, I want those guys to do well. But facts. It's not do well here. But like, it's we're not going to treat them the same as somebody that at, we talked about it at length. It's not going to be the same as somebody that stays home who becomes almost an instant legend, even if they, you know, you know, even if they have terrible injury history and they they end up, you know, being a GA and don't ever get to, you know, produce on the field because of injuries they're going to be steps ahead of people that choose to go elsewhere or the people that come to this community from elsewhere and embrace it. Is it home team tatted on people like from here? You know what I mean? Like it, it's not like, it, it's not a, we need to work on, you know, we, we've been talking about, you know, academically prowess and stigmatism. Like I think we need to understand and, you know, make sure that we have a definition of what home is it, to, to my mind, that 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 has some connotation to a specific, relatively localized geographic area. By definition, you can't all call me crazy. By definition, yeah. And now to be now to to keep it a buck, I also include home Wazoo. You know, yeah. it's it's dope watching Wazoo's Ben Wilson transfer back from TCU to Wazoo. You know, things like that. Uh, having uh, Hudson Cedarland go to Wazoo, a guy that we didn't offer but is good enough to play P5 ball, go to Wazoo and represent. That's also Jalen Green going to Eastern. Jalen Green. Uh, come on. Josh Wood potentially as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's inclusive. Like, we Josh can – like, I – I said it like, yeah. If you if you're from here and you know you don't get a UW offer, you choose to go to Wazoo. Like, number one, let's let's not beat around the bush. If you choose, if you get an offer from UW and Wazoo, and Wazoo, you're going to UW. <laughs> it's if 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 we're pursuing you at all, if it's a committable offer, you're going to Washington. You see Mish uh, Powell's uh, uh, opportunities and then walked on. Huge. Drew Fowler. Fowler, yeah. Drew Fowler. Like, that's what that, but, but like, the kids from this state that, like, I, I don't hate the, you know, I don't hate an instant kid that, get, that goes to the Cougs. No. Go ahead, Tugs. It was so awesome that we're finally posting videos of kids that walk on, that uh, get scholarships. Like, dude, I've been, I've been wanting to see that. It's like, Dude, let's post that shit. That is so yep. awesome. I'm like, good for that kid. He's busting his ass day and night, and he doesn't have a scholarship, and he goes and gets a scholarship. Where was that from, Miles Bryant? To, yeah. to be fair, Eddie got one when he yeah. got a scholarship. Oh, he got a That's video? True. Okay. He did, he did, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, dude, I love seeing that shit. Let's keep that stuff's dope. Dude, I love it. That's like that got the, nearly fifteen thousand views on Instagram. That that video. Yeah, those kinds of videos are like when soldiers come home and see their kids, like that type of shit. <laughs> um, 
Did you guys see how many likes and retweets Ashton's offer got? Dude, I'm so proud of Husky Twitter right now. You don't even know. Hey, come on. Hey, I appreciate y'all, man. Welcome. It feel good. It feel good. Glass half full feel good to kind of like know like, okay, I got the, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. It's a good feeling, right? Positive. Honestly, it's like so great. I I think the model, like we've talked about it before, but it's like be positive and be, be positive on the TL. (laughs) Say what you want. The GCs. Hey, come on. (laughs) This this year kind of made too much of that. Keep it in the GC stuff. Get on the, the TL, and that was not not great. <laughs> hey, you a gangster on that thing, man? You a hey, gangster you on that thing, man? Hi, <laughs> Kim. Hey, God. bro. Oh my, he he's banned for life. Me, you're you're can you never gonna be able to use the same computer on there. I can't even vote anymore. I can't up or down vote post anymore. <laughs> yeah. I got. I finally can upload and stuff and post, but yeah, you're banned for life. Like I was only suspended for a month or two, I think. <laughs> the funny thing was, I can still post, and I, I think mine was was almost it, it was as, as violent as Jacob's. <laughs> but but then I made a whole new. Yeah, it was his new that. thing that was worse. And hey, I said fifteen thousand views on IG, but I got eighty-eight thousand views on Twitter. Let's that video. Go. Okay, come on. For me. Yeah. yeah. That's craziness. Like, please, bro. He with it, bro. Hey, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you guys uh, to kind of pivot on the topic because I know we had a list. I don't know if we're gonna be able to get to those other ones that have already been going for a while. But something that wasn't on the, wasn't on the list. Uh, just gonna engage your thoughts, and I know what your thoughts are in the group chat, but not in here. What do you guys think about the coaching hires and staff of the team down south? Um, oh boy. So, like, what are your kind of in-depth thoughts on that and overall thoughts? Recruit first, coach later. Yeah, I think that summarizes it. But to also do to, – to prioritize that in the NIL era when the guys that you kind of hired are kind of like bag men, like, it's like, bro, I just bought Jacoby Covington sweatshirt. Like, I don't need meat to recruit me. You know what I mean? So – Interesting prioritization. I'm not knocking him as a person, but based on his DB's performance, I'm not. I'm not. I I still can't figure out why his nickname isn't Coach Dead Meat. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, but I watched. I watched his defensive backs get absolutely effing cooked for a while here. So, you also see TTDS not talking about that recruiting class no more because uh welcome they in the bottom 50 with us kicking it yep. like pele <laughs> they down here kicking it like pele bro Dead. go ahead Doug. hey hey hula or uh hood husky did you just say that uh covington's got is selling merch is that what you just said Oh come on, hold on this much is fire i'm about, I'm I'm about to put that shit on right now give me 50 11 seconds yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I mean, they made One some good hires. Hood just made up, but no. yeah, 50, 11. 50, 11. But yeah, uh, <laughs> kicking it like Pele is the title of the pod. Oh, yeah, you yes, got to put please, that on there. Title. <laughs> I mean, I understand we're talking about their coaching staff hires. Uh, quote, I mean, I know uh, Dillingham and uh, Landing coached together at Memphis, mm-hmm. so their friendship makes sense, but. I mean, I watched not, not the football for the past couple of years, and it was not 
nothing close to impressive. So I don't know mm-hmm. what he's planning to do there. Uh, it's, it's funny how those fans think that it's individual coaches that are making. That is clean. That is clean. Like, we got we got husky fashion show going on. Which like it was so all cool. landing that won that national championship, not Kirby Smart or the athletes that he recruited. Seriously, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hood, how yeah. much is that? They had nothing to do with it, really. I mean, uh, I do not remember. I'm gonna say forty plus tax, but you know what I'm saying. I just supported Jordan and paid three hundred dollars so I could support my young brother Jacoby <laughs> Covington. You know what I'm saying for forty dollars. You know, oh, dude, I'm getting one for the whole fam. Let's fuck it. Hey, it came, it came quick too. There wasn't no shipping delays or nothing. That came Damn. quick. Hey, he and the porch is locked huh? up. He he came to the crib. <laughs> yeah, Dropped it off. Shout clean, out, hey. shout out, Karina. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I'm getting that. That's. Oh. Dylan Ham though. <laughs> I heard Kyler Gordon also has some good stuff. Go by Covington's gear. Yeah. yeah. Go by Jacoby's gear. Go by anybody's gear that comes out with something. Miles Gaskin, if you're listening, I bring. We, we need another uh, allocation of the. I ain't never lost to no. <laughs> I'd also settle and, for him coming onto one of my videos next year and just saying that on the video. I settle for that. Gordon's Gordon's got gear too right now too, doesn't he? Oh come on, I'm I'm near ASAP. I, I will say whoever helped you with voiceovers lately, Leah, has done a great job. Uh, <laughs> this plug. Hey. <laughs> I just tore my rotator cuff pat myself on the back. Hey. My labrum hurting. What's going on? That's too real, though. <laughs> but y'all was, y'all was talking about Oregon staff, though? Like, I'm, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, this and this is just not even being a hater of Oregon. Like growing up, I didn't necessarily hate Oregon. I didn't even know they were like a rival like that. Uh, so just I, I kind of feel bad. Dan Lanning might be a good hire as a head coach, but the support staff kind of threw me off on their focal point. It was like, uh, hey, this is my guy that we kicked it with, and we had drinks and da, da, da. come hang with me bro and be the dc and be the quarterbacks coach and be the it's gonna be fun and it, it didn't really seem like a lot of hard work was involved in the process uh it was gonna be a lot of you had nike, nike selling the program and you had a lot you know. of Steelers fans saying, "Oh, our line looked a lot better after clint left, clint oh, left. yeah like, that, that's, that's craziness uh i mean we can talk from recent experience about how great it is to hire from the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> uh, don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Why do you have to bring up our pain, Hogan? Yeah, that is first you brought up pain. Bob, and now that. Two, fuck that. He talked about Bob. Yeah, he's, he next is going to bring up Tyrone Willingham. <laughs> he's got great resumes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about the fact that we used the same social media playbook in 2008 when we hired Sark. So, yeah, Man, I dude. mean, I mean, they got some good hires. Like Taj is good, but as a DC, no, like I would, I would, if you would, if we hired him as D line, like I would love that because he's a good position coach and obviously yep. amazing recruiter. But yep. as a DC, like he got relieved of his duties mid year, Alabama. 
Yeah, they said Saban said, "Nah, you're not calling any more plays." Because he had he had issues calling plays and understanding the importance of the secondary. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly what you yeah. want in a conference that now features offenses, mm. you know, basically run by Lincoln Riley and Caleb. Oh Lee. my God, dude! Even Chip, even Chip, you got Titus transferring from UCF, DCR yeah. coming back. If they have any remote running game in an offensive line, they're, they're solid. Well, I mean, and and I, it, but because Oregon's defensive backs were so good this year, and they've been boy, traditionally so great. They don't even yeah. know if they're done in the portal yet. Them boys <laughs> in, playing double dutch with the portal. Uh, in, <laughs> out, in, out. Hold on, I'm out. I'm in. Hold on. <laughs> it's like and, the set yeah. Was it and, dollars? It was in and out and back in. Yeah. It, 20 yeah. minutes or something like and that. And Seven McGee did the same thing a couple weeks ago. But, it you know, if, if Oregon. Sold on that staff. Yeah. If Oregon had UW staff, that is that makes so our I think our staff is great, but that make way more sense under Lanning to have all those guys that we have on our staff. Obviously, that's like hypothetical because he's not going to hire Grub or Morrell. I don't think those those guys, but yep. those proven guys that are X and O's and some of them being recruiters, that would be great. But we have yeah. see, but that's the thing that I like about our staff is we have a blend. Right. Like, we have guys that, like, okay, let's see how they recruit. And we have some guys, like, okay, can they develop? But they have gravitated, like, and yes, recruiting is critically important, and it's more important than coaching. We talked about this because we just had a staff that was overweighted to the development side of things. They don't have any weight to the development (laughs) side of things down there. At all. None. Can we just hark back on before Landon got hired, just how ridiculous some of the takes were that these fans were making? They Urban's coming like, to Lane County, fired. then it's Lane's coming to Lane oh County. Oh, my God. Lane Kiffin's going to come as a coach, and then we'll get Chip Kelly as offensive coordinator, and then we'll get Justin as a defensive coordinator. Like, you guys think P5 head coaches are going to downgrade and go to coordinators just to go to one university? <laughs> like, where do you think In the Oregon middle of both fucking, fucking nowhere in Oregon. Oh, no. And and the fact that they did not think they, that Mario was going to leave. Granted, I thought he was going to stay too, but they were so sure of it that Mario wasn't going to leave. Justin Bieber's been calling that for four years. Yeah. <laughs> and and I don't know. I I I thought I kind of like Mario now in the sense of like uh, when he was I wanted Oregon. Mario to stay because like we were dog shit this year. We were terrible. And they barely they beat us by ten points. Like, I just love how their own we fans. Right, we would have run that shit. I want Mario to kill it at Miami. That'd Me be, too. Okay, that'd be hilarious. I I'm a big Miami, Miami fan. I want to play Miami the bowl game. I'm not a Miami fan. Soon. DJ Slick. DJ Slick. <laughs> Funny, you got Kayvon advocating for other recruits right now to take to take those trips to Miami instead of the Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? The stigmatism at Miami? <laughs> I appreciate him taking a low-key dig at the SEC, though. You, I don't know if you see Joe Klatt's tweet, but he was like, in the moment, I should have said something about Alabama's academic prowess, basically. And it's like, no, you shouldn't have. Because at that point you're def- you're the ESPN defending the SEC. You need to just be honest and be like, yeah, well maybe that's why they don't invest so much in the football because they focus on multiple things, etc. 
but that's not how it is. And, and in order for us to kind of be on ESPN or be, you know, at the forefront of marketing, we got to switch things up and kind of disregard those types of things. For somebody like Joe Klatt to be apologetic about being honest about the SEC standards and the Pac-12 standards, that's nuts. That's crazy backtracking. It's, it's the SEC SPN. Well, so. but you guys all know how, how, what do you call academic prowess in the SEC? Oh, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. <laughs> I see you 5'3". Yeah. Chris, Carter, Chris Carter said the realest thing you'll ever hear back when he, <laughs> he was on first things first. Because his son, Duran was getting recruited at Ohio State and Alabama. Before he committed to Ohio State, he looked at what it said to get in Alabama. He was like, I'm going to tell you right now. only thing you need to do to get in Alabama is have a heartbeat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, and if we're also being real, isn't Alabama technically mostly higher, higher, higher ranked than Oregon is in a lot of those yeah. – Whatever. Clemson as well. Clem, Clemson is like a top ten perennially in a lot of like academic categories. Christian Wilkins won like one of the most prestigious academic, you know, um, well, awards. I, but while we're on the subject, in, in terms of like, and I didn't, I actually didn't mean to go in on Kayvon a ton because um, I, I, I don't like our academic prowess and the elitism. But like, no. let's not beat around the bush and think that most of the conference is on the level of there are four academic heavyweights in this conference like true, true. academic heavyweights true. they are the university of california in berkeley they are stanford or excuse me there's five there's the university of southern california that's more than easy there's, there's yeah there's ucla and there's the university of washington but the other seven are kind of Hey, you're smart by association. <laughs> I wouldn't put SC in there. I'd probably put the, the three other Cal schools in Washington. Ish. They're they're really good. SC is really smart about how to how to sort of get around the rules. Doesn't the Big Ten also have a lot of like high level academic standards, and they, yes, they and they and they and they also are able to balance that football academic prowess type That's thing. That's why we consider is, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten to be our, the, the true rivals because we yeah, value exactly. both academics and athletics exactly. and we value the whole student athlete versus SEC. All they care about are athletic bodies. They don't care if you educate yourself. Yeah. Those kids the are Big Ten. The and I, and I appreciate the, the better academic conference than the Pac-12. Yeah, top to bottom. Yeah, I would say yeah, that's true. Sure. And I appreciate the acknowledgement of that because that stuff is important. You know, and like platforms like we have to be able to voice things like that, that stuff is important. You know, at the end of the day, like, uh, like that's why I was kind of like, uh, kind of pointing the Kayvon situation. Like, he, whether he intentionally did it or not, which it kind of seemed like he might have, uh, chose academics and a future over a- Alabama. You know, and he, he kept it real. And he was like, he said, you can win a national championship, but do they got jobs after? Did he? He literally, he was like, do they got jobs after? And that's, and that's a hundred. Like if Kayvon blows his knee out tomorrow, he can be an executive or a a part of something like that. So that's a really thoughtful way to put it. But did, but did he, but did he really, I don't think so. Well, like if you're going to, I mean, honestly, like as much as we absolutely like blister Jimmy, academically prowess because it was deserved at least jimmy was capping on an action of actually elite academic university facts 
Facts. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with no, that. Hundred percent true. But I agree with that. But you don't come out and say that you passed up championships to to go for a brand, right? We're because, all like, all of us are competitors. We've all played competitive sports. You no, dude. You go if if you. That's just ridiculous. That is the dumbest shit I've ever heard ever. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is because it's like because, if, if if you have any faith all, in yourself. Yeah. But Bama's not that bad of a school when you're comparing it to Oregon. That's yeah, but Oregon's recruiting Oregon's recruiting with with Nike. You know, when you recruit when you commit to Oregon, you're committing to Nike and you're committing to a relationship there. You know what I mean? And like not everybody is Kayvon Thibodeau. A lot of people are backups. And that's why you're also seeing a lot of transfer outs because it's like, okay, I'm over the facade. I'm out. Like, I don't need those connections. I'm going to be a pro anyway. You know, so you're starting to see that facade play out as well, too. I agree. I agree with that, Hood, 100%. But where's Nick Cody? The biggest mouth from Oregon. Where Where is he? I have no idea where he's at. He ain't working for Nike. Man, I think you were for Amazon, but I don't really worry about it. But like, a hundred thousand plus people work for Amazon, so it's not like you need a top flight education. To yeah, I saw it. Nick Cody earlier. I've got he delivered a, a, a package. Delivery that's a little late on a package yeah. right now. I should probably hit up Cody. <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's just it's short sighted because like Oregon, like and we talked about it like in the summer on one of our podcasts when we were talking about NIL and the potential opportunities if Washington capitalizes on all of the, the businesses and, and corporations that are in our market. Like, Oregon has Nike, and Nike's great for athletes, but that's basically about fucking it. Yeah. Like, Washington. I mean, number one, hopefully we can spell Costco right the next time we mention them. <laughs> I, I, tugs, I, I, I almost guarantee there's more UW alumni and other alumni working in corporate Nike than there are Oregon. But I mean, I even, even that, even thinking about branding, like um, it, it's not necessarily about uh, the school either. You think of somebody like the coldest Crawford who goes to Nebraska, he can create a brand off of the popularity of his name and then a blue blood like Nebraska and then, like, you, you know, have opportunities there as well. So it's also about your individual kind of. Yep. Um, no, you need to say his whole name. The coldest to ever do it, Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best government that was... in history, like, The only thing that comes close but, to that was the was the uh, Navy linebacker from Hawaii, Wave Rider. Wave Rider, oh, yep. That was that dope. Was... Oh. But I. I think NIL opportunities and just the casual ways that you can make money are going to really even the playing field. And that's why you're seeing a lot of these transfer portal guys, even leaving Bama and Georgia after like after a national championship opportunity. Like a lot of kids are thinking like Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, like we weren't we a lot of and you see Kirk Herbstreit talking about people don't love football. Of course, they don't love football. They understand what football does to them physically. So what they're trying to do is manipulate the game and things like that and manipulate the hustle at the end of the day for the money. And so these are money-driven and business-driven decisions, and now you incorporate that with families of 18-year-olds. It's going to get different. 
But well, like, and, and and that's why I don't like Herb Street and, and anybody that's you know kind of clutching their pearls about it. It's like that's what it's always been about. It's like it's when that payday true. comes. But money has always been, you know, most you know people that are playing Division One college football, particularly in a Power Five, you know, like yeah, okay, you know, 80, 80 you know, eighty UW football players are not going to end up going pro, but I guarantee you, eighty five of them have that aspiration and to get to the league and football as the means to, Hey, I want to make direct income from playing this, this sport that I love. And then like secondary endorsement money, like that's the aspiration. It's just, it's moving the money further up in the process. Go ahead. Tugs. Hood, are you saying that KT doesn't love football and he went to Nike to build his brand and to make money, not playing football? Uh, no, what I'm saying is I'm saying Players like him and Derek Stingley have relied on freshman tape and high school rankings to be top 10 draft picks. Um, and they've milked injuries and situations uh, to be able to make money while they're in college and preserve their value after they've earned it after one year of tape. Um, while people like Ahmad Gardner have to do three years of tape, while people like Trent McDuffie have to do three years of tape. Some people can rely on these ESPN rankings and play one year ball out and then rely on uh, that one year of, of balling. So I wouldn't say he doesn't he, – he, he is not in love with football. I would say he knows the hustle now. And, and the internet and uh, past experience of other players have shown – that like the game don't love you back, so you gotta hustle the game. And I think you're starting to not create as many goats in the game now because money is starting to drive this stuff over like passion for the pageantry of CFB or NFL, et cetera. So, okay, I love it. What can I ask you for a prediction on where he's gonna get drafted and what his NFL career is gonna be? I think he's a baller. I think he's got a lot of, if he's passionate enough, he's got, you know, a lot of Von Miller in him. He's got a lot of Chandler Jones in him um, at the end of the day. But I think uh, you've got, in regards to the draft, I think you've got people that uh, have put on three years of tape, like George Karloftis, uh, Aiden Hutchison, people like that who have put on three years of tape. And um, they deserve to be drafted before him. But I think off of projection and things like that, high school ranking and, um, one year of, of dominant football, I, I think Kayvon's potential is going to get him drafted either first or second uh, edge player. Okay. Yeah. That's enough of Oregon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We've talked, but I mean, it's also somewhat of a sports and just a, a football in general and podcast. It's just like, I said it the other day. It's like, pay the players. Pay the players. Pay the players. Like, and, and that's why I criticize, and, and I'll save my, right, my rant for a future podcast about a, our hesitancy and trying to rely too much on an NIL strategy and just instead of just like, hey, you know what, this is, like with the decision, and they keep blanking, uh, it's not Ashton, it's uh, the Supreme Court decision. Like, that train is coming, and it is coming Fast. Fast. NCAA is and lost. It's past time. Well past time. Just pay the, like, across the board. And this isn't just UW. This is everybody that's figure out a way to put, you know, to pay the players because it's. 
It's gonna get messy. It's right, like it. It's gonna get messy. It's since really, NIL is creating the creating attrition that college football was never meant to see. And you're seeing players now. I mean, just look at the ramifications mm-hmm. from the Bama Georgia game. How many players entered you know entered the portal? It was almost a record for both yep. teams. Because now you see what that stardom does on that stage, and you want to play now. Now you're not going to see teams as deep have those two and three Ds yep. anymore. You're going to have to see them rely on walk-ons because guys yep. transfer places and play, whether that's lower P5 or it doesn't matter. They're just going to want to see the field. And so it's going to weaken other teams and it's going to make coaches' jobs that much harder as well. Yep. It was either Nick Saban retiring or paying the players that was going to change the game. And they just... Oh, Hood, we lost your audio again. Lost you. And that, I mean, and we still can't hear you. I mean, and let's not beat around the bush. It's certain places have been paying the players the whole way through. It's just more now and under more legal under the NCAA auspices. But it's primary reason why USC should have just gave Reggie Bush's Heisman back, especially now that with yeah. NIL going on, <laughs> I got taken away in the first place. Hey, Tugs, mute your mic. We're going to take Reggie's away, but OJ's is fine. We'll, we'll, we'll just play that, no problem. <laughs> we, right? and, we, and we haven't even touched on USC yet and, and what and what they're trying to build down there. Potentially Caleb Williams, you know, Mario Williams, all those oh, types Caleb, of things. Caleb's there. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's a reason Jackson Dart's entering the port when he was – <laughs> That's gonna be fun. The conf- with U Dub's offense and and USC's offense, it's gonna be about whose trenches are 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 most in shape. And uh, you know, we got somebody who's gonna get these guys in shape. So there's a lot to be confident about if you're in Husky Nation. I'm just saying we have a two-time national strength and conditioning coach of the year and award, and he's an award-winning author. Uh, in exercise science, so I think. Oh, <laughs> uh, literally, <laughs> we in good shape. Yep. All right. I I think we've uh, <laughs> we didn't even get to our second topic, so we, we got a lot to say. We'll be back soon. Um, anybody else have any final closing thoughts before we, we say goodnight? <laughs> Listen to Spaces whenever you have the chance. Those are amazing platforms. For all Especially of us. if they're going on at one o'clock in the morning. I'm yeah. Oh my that, god! But it's elite. Yes. Kay- Kay- Kayla Olin is hosting one tomorrow. If you can okay. tap Kayla in, to if, Kayla. Yeah. Absolutely. Go. If you could What's tap in, t- I, you know what? That stuff in spaces is maybe an AMA, but yeah, or an AMA on the Huskies at least. Um, don't, so. Yeah. Don't listen to the one by Terry Berry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Stop that. Terry Daniels was in the middle of telling a, telling a oh. story. And One thing. Terry Berry was like, I'm ordering tacos and I'm out later. And All right. Daniels was like, what? Uh, and this pod's ending like his faces randomly. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Go, dogs. Go, dogs. Go dogs. Do, get your dog on. Get your dog on.